Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. Hello, ho, ho, everyone. A very big pre-Christmas welcome to our regulars, as well as any new listeners. Sadly, this is our last episode of the season and of the year, but we'll still be active on social media during our absence from the digital airwaves, so make sure you follow us on Twitter at Pubs, Pints, People. It's the show, Pubs, Pints, People. My name is Ant, and during the podcast, you'll also hear from my two fellow colleagues and presenters, Claire and Matt, and we'll be chewing the fact about beer, cider pubs, and some of the great people who make it all happen. Hello, both. Hello. Hello, hello. We're talking about the people who make the podcast happen. We have a wonderful team of volunteers, don't we? We've made this season, and four seasons it's been now, um, and we're very grateful for everybody to get involved. Uh, some of the people have a job at camera, but most of volunteers, like ourselves, giving up time out their lives, scripting episodes, editing recordings, organising interviews, you name it. And we're actually always looking for new people to get involved, and now is a really great time to do it, because there's going to be a bit of a gap to the next series, so there are actually two vacancies, quite big vacancies going, because um, we can announce that Ant and I are actually, this will be our last um, episode of the podcast. Um, Was it something I said? It was Claire. You're you're you're, wonder, you're wonderful. And so you always get all of the complicated bits to read out, and we just basically sit here laughing and not pronouncing websites correctly. Yeah. You know, that's basically our role now. I mean, so so yeah. it's been it's time for us to go. It is. I mean, Claire, it's 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 just the fact that you drink stout in the summer and golden ale in the winter. I just can't get my head around it. Phillips. Yeah. No. I know. I know. <laughs> oh well, I'm I will be very sorry to see you both go. So uh, it's a very sad. Sad day today. It's a, but it's been fun, hasn't it? Matt and I have been with the show since 2019, so it seems like a good time for us to step on, step on, and let other people come in and give this show a big boost. We're sure that there's some of you out there listening who would love to have a crack at being a podcast presenter. It is such a fun thing to do. Make no bones about it, folks. Matt, Claire, and I have had an absolute blast, and Katie, of course, before she went on her mat leave, mm-hmm. recording this show is a barrel of laughs and we'd love to see some new people. I will certainly be listening to the show in my life beyond presenting. One thing to point out is that it's volunteers. Uh, we don't get paid. We don't. You know, no, no matter how no. professional we sound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we rarely get a beer, you know, out of it, but there is the odd view. But, um, but you do get a very good feeling inside for helping camera, the odd beer, 
and, and a t-shirt and a glass let's not forget that Absolutely. and 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 also it's a great way to find out how podcasts work looks excellent on your cv it's been grace in mine got a new job recently so maybe that was part of it if you want to volunteer you just got to email podcast at camera.org.uk and you'll be told loads more about it and while you're looking at websites and getting in touch, why not think about doing your Christmas shopping online at the camera website? You just click on camera shop at the top of the page, check out the organisation's Christmas gift range because there's, there's even a T-shirt with pubs, pints, people and you don't have to be one of the presenters to, to wear it. Anyone can wear it. So while you're exploring, don't forget, you can also get updates on stories in, in the beer world by signing up for What's Brewing News Alerts on wb.camera.org.uk. So three things off your list already get involved as a camera podcast volunteer do the christmas shopping and keep in touch with camera all done in one go no long urls to read out on that one i must thank uh, tony who's a, a regular listener who's been in touch telling us how to shorten long urls but hey we love them don't we and they're all in the <laughs> podcast notes anyway there we are. This is just the show that keeps on giving, folks, isn't it? Now, as we're coming to the end of the year, we thought it'd be a good idea to look forward to next year. It is the time of reflection for planning, of course. So our theme for today, for this final episode of Season 4, is what and who in 22. Isn't that catchy? Now, we've got Alison Tafts grilling our panel of experts in two parts. In the first part, she's speaking with Nikki Kong of the intriguingly named Cat in the Glass online bottle shop and Helen Smith of the Borum Collective, supporting beer and cider workers through their vital networking space and blog. Now, they are ideally placed to pick out all the new stuff that's trending up. And if you hear a few of the unfamiliar terms, then we'll, we'll do our best to explain them afterwards, but you know, no promises. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go straight to part one of What and Who in 22. So hello, I'm here uh, with Nikki Kong, who owns and runs The Cat in the Glass, a very well-known beer and cider retailer. And also with me is Helen Smith. She's the founder of the Burham Collective and she's working in hospitality and currently making cider with Little Pomona in Herefordshire. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us for the podcast. And we have a very exciting topic to talk about today, which is what exciting things are coming up. So we're going to talk about who and what we are excited about in terms of new trends and trend setting uh, for the coming year and onwards. So first of all, thinking about beer, I'm wondering if there's something that you've uh, seen, read about, tasted, experienced that you're particularly excited out about for beer trends. Uh, Helen, do you want to start with this one? I think the thing I've noticed most that I'm really excited about is the more kind of uh, wild fermentation breweries have slowly started to pop up, um, especially people like Evensong and then like Crossover Blendery, um, because I think we have a lot of that. That Like the US seems to have this amazing uh, collection of people already doing that, and it's nice because obviously historically that's something that people would have done uh before in in the uk so it's really nice to kind of have that almost come back because it's quite uh you know people always talk about tradition and actually that is tradition and it's kind of nice to uh yeah to see people starting to make some really weird and interesting beers um especially people like evensong who want to work with cider makers which is really cool so um yeah i think for me it's gonna be them but then also like reese from don zoko who is uh 
um, making some amazing lagers. Um, and I, I think that um, that's also something that is definitely making a real comeback. I mean, like Braybrook as well, um, they make some fantastic lagers. And um, I think it's really nice to have, uh, ha after having so many years of people dismissing lager, it's so nice to have people putting real time and care into their lagers. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? You've got two completely sort of what would seem two completely opposite sort of ends of the beer drinker spectrum mm. there. But you're absolutely right. There's real excitement and energy about both. I think it's it's ironic with the mixed fermentations and exciting sort of fermentations things that how somehow what's really traditional seems to work its way around to being really trendy again, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's nice, actually, because uh, Reese also has a sort of wild fermentation project alongside. So it's quite nice to see brewers who are uh, who've got a really solid kind of can selection and then are also doing the uh, 750s. And um, yeah, I think that's a that's a really nice pairing, um, especially to present maybe for consumers who yes. might not uh might not be super sure about beer. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we, we find in the shop that we can get people to step up from a can to an exciting looking bottle because they recognise the name. So some of the work that um, Cloudwater have been doing with some of their interesting uh, blended and they're also they've done a recently an interesting um, uh, lager uh, and then we've even done a, a collaboration with Tom Oliver uh, mm -hmm. with a cider a beer. So that's been really interesting for us to get people to move across to those exciting beers. Um, so yeah, I think you've picked up two really interesting trends there and some great names to look out for. Uh, Nikki, you also get involved in retailing beer and I'm sure you've been tasting some exciting things. What are you uh, excited about for 2022? Well, pretty much the same um, as Helen, actually. I was going to mention the uh, mixed fermentation and wild fermentation stuff, uh, only because I've been fortunate enough to um, get some Degard over from the US and Tommy Jeff from Belgium as well. It's just some amazing... Um, kind of wild fermentation, mixed fermentation in barrels. Um, and I know um, in Manchester we've got uh, Balance Brewing and Blendy, Blendery um, who have just got started. So I'm really excited for what they've got um, to come as well in the next year or so. Yeah, brilliant. I've, I'm hurriedly scribbling some of these names down, Nikki, because <laughs> there sounds like there's some great, uh, sounds some really interesting stuff there. Yeah, I, I think we're all kind of sharing this excitement. We've been taking a lot of the uh, work that Duration have been doing, uh, and they've been having some collaborations and mixed fermentation mm -hmm. things, and they've been superb. So yeah, I heartily agree with you on that one. Uh, anything else on the beer, Nikki, that's coming along that you're excited about? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what um, Lakes Bruco are bringing out in the next year because I know they've got together with some of the ex-Hawkshead um, guys. So I'm look I haven't not tried any of their beers just yet, but I've heard really good things. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they've got to come as well. Superb. So that sounds like another one to watch. Um, I'm sure we none of us can wait to talk about cider because I know we're all real passionate cider advocates. Uh, so, Nikki, um, you obviously selling a lot of cider through the cat in the glass and there's lots of exciting things coming along. Uh, what in particular would you like to highlight? Um, I've been really enjoying uh, the Caledonian um, ciders from up in the Scottish Highlands. I know they're quite small, so they don't have mass like outputs, but the stuff that he's released has been really good. 
Brilliant. So, yeah, again, I love the idea of us uh, talking with excitement about ciders from Scotland, where at one time Mm -hmm. we would have probably just, you know, not not ever thought of that. Um, Anybody else that you're uh, looking forward to seeing more of? Any sort of trends you're seeing in cider? I think the cider beer collabs uh, have been going well, like with the Cloudwater Olivers. uh, Then we saw the Vault City with Ascension, the snake bite and black yeah. um, I'd like to see more of those coming along I think it's yeah, really like, interesting I've got them on my list as well I think I, I've <laughs> also got the, the Ross collabs with Odyssey mm-hmm. have been yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah I think that's a really good way yeah. for us to get people who are craft beer aficionados to come across and try the cider makers and then perhaps get really excited about the craft ciders as well so I think mm-hmm. you've hit the nail on the head there with that one absolutely um, Helen cider you're steeped in it at the moment i'm sure you've got uh, <laughs> apples uh, in your dreams so tell us what you think oh no I'd, i absolutely do um yeah it's interesting actually i think the i kind of i mean the first time i heard of tom oliver was uh through drinking a uh co-ferment that was with thornbridge and tom oliver and i yeah i'd never heard of him before so i was like oh, okay this is interesting <laughs> i was like who is this man he just grows apples um <laughs> so i think that's really cool especially with the mill stuff um there's some amazing uh co-ferments i think the most exciting thing at the moment for cider is actually seeing people um i guess seeing makers relax and maybe do things they wouldn't have done before i think there's some uh really kind of wonderful experimental things happening um which is really great to see um and kind of maybe maybe do things that they weren't necessarily doing before which is quite nice um and i think in terms of i mean new producers we've just had the first release from Dower up in Scotland, they're making cider through um, almost like community apple gathering and stuff like that, which is really cool. They're just outside of Edinburgh, so they're almost like an urban cidery, but not quite. Um, I think the other person um, who's I'm really excited about is uh, Nightingale, who have obviously been around for a while, but um, they've just released three 750s that are all really interesting and really exciting um and i think it's just really nice to see them doing something different and like i think their sort of can series are um just like absolute smashers so yeah it's it's really nice to um just see them kind of uh doing more and trying more things and um yeah i think i think we're really lucky because cider's in a really great place at the moment i feel like you know every year we say that but it's good it's just getting better and better so (laughs) yes we all keep saying it and i hope that every year it's becoming more true helen Mm. absolutely um yeah i'm glad you mentioned kent cider because obviously being uh where i am here in uh, east london uh, we we take a lot of kent cider and we've got um a lot of love for what sam's doing with the nightingale ciders and also kentish pip have been releasing some really interesting things Mm -hmm. in 750 bottles as well so there's more to come i think from kent cider um also with getting people to get into cider perhaps from a more of a wine uh, preference or coming from the craft beer you've got that lovely 
clean uh, acid driven style which people find often uh, a nice way to begin so we're finding that really helpful and hopefully there'll be a lot more things to come from the Kent cider makers certainly I know that people like uh, Phil Turner are planning to play around a little bit more with things like Egremont Russet which have Mm -hmm. a lot of potential to give us exciting flavours thank you ever so much for your time I will let you go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday morning and I'll get into uh, get the shop open well, there we are, folks. I mean, they covered quite a lot there. And before I go into the detail, I just want to say once again, thank you to Nikki Kong, who from Cat in the Glass, who ages ago um, sent us some absolutely wonderful oh, cider. Yeah, they were mm. wonderful. Yeah. They kept, kept us going through, uh, uh, through the long seasons. It was a wonderful stuff. Now, I say, as we said, a few terms that probably need clearing up there. Though some of you probably know them. So, so, but let's start with wild beer or wild fermentation. So back in the day, of course, all beer and cider was wild and so were some of the people that drank it. This could be said the same for today, but making it was a bit random. You didn't really know what you were going to get because it all depended about what yeast and bacteria happened to drop into your vat. On a good day, you could just have a good night and wake up with a hangover. On a bad day, you might not wake up at all or suffer terrifying hallucinations. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you, we've all been there. But, you know, but this was a bit more extreme in those days. And, and then the German purity law of 1516, probably my favourite German law, didn't even list yeast as an ingredient, one of the, the kind of the ingredients that had to go into beer to make it uh, meet the regulations. And that's because no one had worked out that yeast was responsible for fermentation. And it was only until Louis Pasteur came along 300 years later and worked it out that we now know that yeast has a vital role to play and now we decide to add it into the vats so they're just allowing them to randomly float in. <laughs> and what most wild brewers do nowadays is to mix up the yeasts that they use and introduce them deliberately rather than letting them just drop in from the air so that they can control the process. And one of the popular ones is Brett. You can look up what that's short for and you try and pronounce it, which literally means British yeast. So it's not just the Belgians who did this sort of thing in the past. And one type that's actually wild and Belgian, and you might have heard of is lambic and it's defined as local to its region but british and u.s versions also use lambic style to indicate the open air style of fermentation so a blended and matured lambic is called a goza you might also see the term cool ship in the beer name and that's the name of the vessel used to cool the wort using winter ambient temperatures so there you are Oh, that was like a lecture from you there, Claire. <laughs> I, am, I am much more educated for that. Uh, now, two other terms you'll often come across are sour, which is a generic term for the taste produced when using some bacteria as part of the fermentation process, and sizum, which is a more fruity uh, taste due to some of the yeasts used, including brett, and named for the fact it could only traditionally be produced at certain times of the year hence season, saison. Uh, Now, all of these come under the umbrella term mixed fermentation, and this is providing a massive variety of depth of flavours of beer. This is why we're seeing a boom on all of your your outlets and bottle shops. They're becoming really popular in the UK, aren't they? I mean, just in the past few years, you can see shelves and pubs just embracing the new. And as discussed by Alison and her guests, there's, there's lots else to talk about, I'm sure, with this, but I'm sure there'll be loads of you that have got comments about it. There are so many educated listeners, we know that. Get involved on social media, give us a shout, share your beery facts with us here. 
I've actually been trying a few of these um, uh, more unusual varieties myself. I've um, been quite into wild beers, and, and uh, I've just actually ordered a, a kind of a set of gozers and, and lemons. It's quite hard to get hold of mm. uh, sometimes. But um, I, I think they are one of those things where it is, it's going to take a few times for me to get used to them. might be a bit of an acquired taste, but I think I've seen a lot of things in um, when, you, when you read Beer 52 magazine and things like that, where they kind of say once you're into it, then then you're, you're, it's your beer of choice yeah, I'll tell you really what I've been one. enjoying watching our mate James Blunt on uh, on is it on Amazon Prime or Netflix Beer Masters but, uh, yeah it's Amazon Prime I think yeah I've seen it on one of the streaming ones I just came across it and started watching for a bit it was really engaging actually it's, it's really good fantastic and they talk, there's a lot of different beer styles if you've watched it all don't ruin it for me I've only just started episode 2 oh, I need to watch that as well I haven't seen that yet well, I think it's time for us to go back into the wild now as well, because we're heading out for our We're Only Here for the Beer uh, section. Uh, obviously, uh, always about a pub that either we visit or want to visit. Um, and um, maybe there's some unusual beers that are served uh, at uh, at some of these pubs as well. Um, where have we been, guys? Uh, maybe we've tried something different or perhaps it's been the old regulars. Where are we going to go to this week? Well, I haven't actually tried the Sours and Saisons at, at this particular pub, um, but it is a, a pub I love to visit and it's it, it has been in the Good Beer Gut. I'm not sure if it's in the current edition and I say current because I'm not sure whether I'm talking about 21 or 22, but um, the Edwardston White Horse in the village of Edwardston near Sudbury um, and attached to the pub is a brewery called the Little Earth Project and they really specialise in these sours and saisons and yeah. all sorts of, I use the word unusual just sort of, you know, different to what you expect in, in a lot of pubs in, in this part of the world. I'm not a massive fan of all the sours, but uh, even I've been sort of tempted to try one or two different ones when I've visited um, this pub. And it's it's lovely. It's in the middle of the countryside. They've got a campsite there, so you can stay overnight and try all the different beers that they have. They have um, beers from different uh, local breweries as well. Uh, lovely walking countryside around there. Real fires. Uh, it's a fantastic pub, and uh, yeah, certainly worth a visit. And of course, Little Earth Project being friends of the show, I think I had the pleasure of interviewing them a few seasons back. In fact, I was reminded when you were talking about the natural yeast and while fermentation, and your and your bit there, Matt. Uh, about how they were saying that they use all of the natural yeasts on the skins of the apples when they make their ciders because there's lots on there and, and usually the skins are discarded. If you're a regular listener of the show, you may remember. If not, go back and find that episode where we interviewed Little Earth Project. Yeah, that must have been before my time on the show, I think, because yeah. uh, I'd certainly have remembered if, if they were on when, when I joined. So I'll have to go back and listen again as well. Definitely. they were. It was wonderful. Now, for me, I'm gonna I'm heading over to my mate over in Hitchin, my mate Lee, listener of the show. Oh, hello, Lee. And the pub that I'm going to be going to, my only here for the beer, is the Half Moon on Queen Street. We've been there loads. It's a nice, uh, nice small affair. It's one of those classic one-bar pubs, 18th century building. It's always got its two house sales, very typical two house sales, and then lots of different guest ones. I think uh, uh, on a good day, you'll get up to eight changing guest ales. So, of course, there's plenty of variety on And with it being hitching, there's always something weird and wonderful because it, it likes to put itself in that kind of status, that town. Um, so yes, that's for me. The Half Moon is my only here for the beer this week. 
Lovely stuff. Well, I've got a bit of a story to end my last episode of the podcast. It's special. We're only here for the beer. So you remember about ages ago, I was talking about there was a pub in Berkhamsted where I live called the Crystal Palace that I thought had loads of potential, but it was going to be closed. And it was at one point, it was going to be a community pub that was that couldn't go through. And then it was going to be turned into flats. It's actually been now been saved and refurbished and turned into an incredible, absolutely transformed pub. It's by a company called Big Smoke Brew, who have um, loads of pubs. I think they're kind of like a mini chain. And, and Rod Zaprotz actually uh, tweeted about it, saying this is a fantastic thing. You know, it's got a lot of history. And I went there for their soft launch last week, and it was absolutely incredible. And I think I've, I've tweeted about this already, but uh, if it doesn't get in the good beer guide, I don't know, uh, next year, I don't know what would. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic. Also, incredibly prominently displaying camera discs Counts everywhere. I'm not saying I dropped it in. You know, that I would uh, do the camera podcast. I'm he went not in saying with his that. Good beer guard, his microphone. His <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. Like glass. wearing the t-shirt, holding my own glass, the camera you, glass. I, I QR code with the URL to the webpage where his photo was on the camera website. <laughs> just like you know, just uh, I mentioned, but I, I was speaking to the staff. They're wonderful staff as well. They've done an amazing Christmas display as well, where they've because um, it's got an amazing window that looks out to the canal, and they've put wonderful like kind of Christmas design um, all over it. And I think it's uh, it's a fantastic addition to the to the town, and it and was wonderful. And I had a lovely underworld milk stout, which is um, one of the big Ooh. smokes, like their own ones, that was absolutely fantastic. And a dimple glass with a handle, which you don't well, see that often nowadays. Yeah. No, I do no. absolutely love. So I was very very happy. Well, with all of your spare time now that you're stepping down from presenting, Matt, perhaps you can go and canvas to get it into that good beer guy 2023. How's about that? That's, That's your true. mission for the next 12 months: drinking there regularly and get the rest of the branch in. <laughs> that is true. That'll be, that is my new mission. Now, we have our next interview coming up, uh, and it's Alison Taft's part two, the sequel. <laughs> this time, she's with Julie O'Grady of Neptune Brewery in Liverpool and Grant Hutchinson, drummer with Frightened Rabbit and now proprietor of Able Cider Specialist Shop in Anstrover in Fife, which I hope I've pronounced correctly. Let's have a listen to what they have to say. So first of all, thinking about beer trendsetters, who's getting you excited, Julie? In beer at the moment, um, there's a couple of breweries, to be honest, that I think are brewing very, very good beer, um, including us, Neptune. have got to give us a, a, a punt as well. We do excellent beer, especially in uh, cask. But I would say local to us, um, there's a brewery called Chapter Brewing, um, and the quality of their beer is excellent. They do really good varied beers in cask, keg and can. Uh, and their artwork is, is beautiful as well. So I think Noah and the team is doing some really, really good stuff there. There's also another lady in brewing, um, Katie from Nomadic. Um, and she is brewing some really, really good cask beer as well. Um, she's, you know, she's put a lot of hard work into to the brewery, and she's quite well known as well uh, for supporting women in beer. So obviously, I've got to give a little plug to that. But her beer is is really, really good. And as I say, at the moment, I seem to be drinking more cask beer than I am keg beer. To to be honest, but I do like both. Course. And, and it's lovely to hear that you're sort of enjoying that. So, Grant, going over to the apples and pears, uh, where are you getting really excited? I know you get exposed to an enormous amount of new things uh, through your work and through uh, the podcast as well. So what, who and what is exciting you at the moment? 
Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to talk about cider and beer in this way because beer is much further on. So in terms of getting excited about things, I think there's probably a lot more in cider because there's so many more new makers are, are appearing. Two or three that are particularly great, I think uh, Little Pomona in Herefordshire, James and Susanna Forbes have, have been making some incredible ciders um, for the past few years and using their background in wine they're, they're sort of taking a, a very interesting approach to it um, that is probably more in, in line with, with winemakers um, you know, barrel barrel aging, bottling pet nat, almost exclusively wild fermentation using a variety of different fruits including uh, a lot of experimentation with uh, uh, quince and, and penny pears as well Another one to mention would be Hopped, who are based in Somerset. Uh, they, they call themselves New Fashioned Cider, and I think that the, what's great about their approach uh, is that they're making fairly traditional Somerset cider, but presenting it in a way that, that it'll appeal to, to a younger generation and more drinkers outside of the West Country. They've, they've got two specific bottles called Flare and Level um, Flare being the kind of more accessible, sessionable cider at the kind of 4.9% um, and Level maybe a bit more intense and a bit more complex and a bit richer um, but they're, they're now uh, have, have bottles for sale in Tesco which for, for you know craft cider is is a huge step you know for, for certainly for a cider maker making that kind of volume to get that kind of leg up um, shows that they're, they're kind of they're, they're doing the right thing basically um, and, and anything that can bring more people to cider as a category and as a drink is is a great thing and, and I should mention as well uh, a maker up up in Scotland and um, Scotland's seeing quite quite a lot of, of action in, in terms of cider making uh, recently and, uh, and I think what's what's exciting and interesting about that is is that the cider makers up here we, do, we don't have the traditional cider fruit you would see in, in Somerset, Herefordshire, the West Country. But what what I think is exciting in this, you've seen this all around the UK actually, is is people using the fruit that they have, you know, um, to to make a cider that's from a place. Um, and Ryan at Caledonian Cider is someone who does that better than 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 anyone really. Um, and and he's he's again using a lot of different techniques keeving um, to, to create a slightly sweeter cider um, and he's he's got good connections in the whiskey world so he uses a lot of ex-whiskey barrels for maturation and, and uh, to, to kind of add texture and, and a bit more body to, to the stuff he makes so so yeah they, they, he's also really exciting and doing it naturally as well you know um, which is which I think is commendable um, up in the Highlands Coming back to you, Julie, with beer, uh, we've talked mm-hmm. about some of those specific people you're getting excited about. What sort of general trends are you seeing growing and think are going to grow through to 2022 and beyond? At the present moment, I don't think lagers run its course. There is still yeah, um, a number of breweries that are brewing. You know, Pilsners, uh, Schwartz Beer, uh, Hells that are doing really well. Obviously, Lost and Grounded, they've just got an expansion underway as well. And you've got Utopian. Um, so the likes of them, I think, and other breweries doing lager, that, that's not 
been forgotten about, I think. But uh, things have changed, I think, in the past 12 months since obviously COVID raised its head. Uh, most people now want to have lower ABV beers. They're going for more pales, not so much as the higher, something that they can drink, something that's more sessionable. So I think we're going to see probably more pales. As I alluded to earlier, bitters seem to be on the rise. Uh, more breweries are making bitters, which is which is great. You know, I, I love a good bitter, whether it's an ESB or a, a standard standard bitter. Um, so you've got the likes of Red Willow who are doing some really, really good straight-up beers, uh, pails. So, yeah, I think for, for the next 6, 12 months, that's the way it's going to go, easy drinking beers. And we've also seen a rise in low and no alcohol beers as well um, I think the, the thing is that a lot of people haven't been out and about because obviously we've been restricted um, and so when they get back into the saddle so to say they want to have something that's not too too strong um, so they're starting off with a lower ABV um, and obviously people still want to, to go out and enjoy themselves but a lot more people I think are going to as I say the low and the no um, which like Big Drop are doing, Lucky Saints which is a new brewery that I came across in the tap room here. We do provide a no alcohol and low alcohol lager and that's come from them. So I think we're going to see a lot more of, of the lower than the, what we've seen in the more extremes. They will still be there, the bigger, um, you know, stouts and IPAs, double dry hops and things. But I think the, the lower is definitely the way forward. I think the thing now is that people who used to think of it was a low alcohol, beer we, you know we we do one as i say sang which is a recent one three percent small ipa we called it and it is full of flavor a lot of these lower abvs whereas you think a couple of years ago that they're just going to be boring and, and nondescript you're finding a lot of them do have big flavors with a low abv that's the skill of the brewers getting more and more refined as they get better and better at making these low and i can't wait it to is. see where that goes grant i come to you trends insider uh, it's all so exciting. Where do you think uh, it's going to be at in 2022 and beyond? Julie mentioning the low ABV in beer is probably something worth mentioning inside there as well. And again, specifically in relation to, to Little Pomona, again, they have started making a, a drink, which they're calling a ciderkin, which in, in the wine world you would call a paquette, where they're they rehydrating um, pomace from previous presses and repressing that. And to get as much of the, the juice out of the, the fruit as they can um, and, and that ferments down to maybe 2%, 3% ABV and, and they're, they're, they're really popular um, in, in the shop and, and through restock as well um, they, they sell extremely well because I think there is a trend towards lower ABV drinks I do hope as well that maybe, maybe some, some of the, the newer cider makers look into even lower alcohol mm. options because a um, alcohol-free cider, essentially apple juice, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not really a, it's not really a, a kind of well-made good option out there. Again, the, the low ABV category, um, keeving is is a is a process that's that's probably going to get used a lot more. Um, the re results of of that being a lower ABV and, and slightly sweeter, naturally sweeter cider, which I think is still the the general mainstream palate is is still looking for something on the sweeter side um, right now. Um, 
I mean, another trend which it's saying this about beer probably um, would seem strange, but cider moving into cans or craft cider, or more artisanal cider makers moving into cans, uh, I think is something we'll see a lot more of. Um, you know, we've got currently got Nightingale. Um, selling four forty mil cans of their cider, Tom Oliver, who's you know uh, a very well known and established cider maker, uh, has has started selling his wild fermented full juice uh, cider in cans, and also recently released um, a, a cider that is you know, back sweetened and force carbonated. You know, which which some people might spit on the ground if they if they heard about that. <laughs> um, but but you know that's yeah. but. but but the, but again, it's I guess it's uh, in in the cider industry at the moment. It's about understanding exactly where it, where it is on, on its on its journey, you know, and not trying to get too ahead of ourselves and not trying to think that we've arrived at, at the peak and that everyone wants to drink seven fifty mil bottles of super dry yes. tannic cider. <laughs> um, so, but you know, that's it's just, it's a little bit further back in the journey than that. So, so yeah, the, the, the cans and that. That is, is helping introduce. I think it's helping introduce some craft beer drinkers to cider as a category uh, because it's in a format that they that they recognise, um, and you're not committing to you know ten, fifteen pounds on a seven fifty ml bottle. Yes. Something that you might not enjoy. Um, so so that's that's great. Um, and and then another thing, as I mentioned earlier, I think um, cider makers utilising the fruit that they have at their disposal. Wherever they are in the country or in the world, um, is is a great, a great thing and a great trend that I think will will continue to grow. There's a lot of great breweries out there. Some of the smaller breweries, independent <laughs> breweries, that maybe drinkers wouldn't necessarily think of giving them a try. But you know what? The, it, it is absolutely worth it. Sometimes we go with the people that we just know or those we've not heard of. And I think that's the one thing with COVID that has given you know a boost to a lot of breweries. Even you know was here at Neptune, people who didn't necessarily know that we've been brewing for a while. And I think that's important as well. Don't just go with the big boys you know support your smaller independents and try their be and the same with cider i'm sure as well mm-hmm. yeah definitely i mean i think what's important for for cider now is is many drinkers going into places and, and asking about the cider selection the majority of places wouldn't even have a cider selection they'll just have a cider so i think the more that we can encourage people to to ask about it in in bars and shops and restaurants, then that's when the the, the people who run those establishments might realise, okay, well, we need to actually think about our cider because so often it's just an afterthought. Um, and and even now, when you go into some places, you know they'll they'll have a a, a beer list, which is fantastic. You know, some mm. cans and maybe maybe two or three lines, um, and maybe even some larger format bottles as well. Um, and then they'll have, you know, well, especially up here, they'll, they'll maybe have Thistley Cross um, or uh, uh, the, the Stouffer Press or um, Stronghold. Yeah, tend to be the more mainstream, more well-known. Yeah, exactly. And I understand yeah. why why that would be the case at the moment with, with you know, people not wanting, not wanting to take a risk. But um, as a, the cider makers I mentioned before, you know, uh, specifically Pulped, that's, that's such an accessible, easy-drinking cider 
that's mm. well made and has a higher juice content than the majority you'll see in in places. So yeah, just just I think if 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 you if you're going out somewhere and you, you fancy drinking a cider, ask them what they've got and, and kind of engage people in a conversation about it. Um, rather than just ordering the cider. Maybe that should be our next campaign grant. That whenever you, wherever you go into, ask what ciders they have, mm. and then ask them about them. Because again, I agree with you. People, the customer voice can be very powerful. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because we have a minimum of twelve draft ciders on at any one time, and they hop in. Wow. Um, and it causes people to just kind of cross their eyes a little bit because <laughs> yeah. they, they go, what? You know, and then I have to kind of... And I'm very happy to chat to them about them. I think ciders definitely have no resurgence. It's very much like mm. gin, isn't it? You know, gin's been going now for about two years. You know, cider now, whereas it's gone from the old, you know, white lightning and bulmers yeah. and, you know, and all that. So, God, I'm showing my age now. Um, and, no, yeah, well. you know... I remember it as well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, then. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's great that there is so many um, new. Uh, ciders coming out now as I say different ABVs different styles of ciders and yeah but I think that that's great as I have enjoyed a couple myself I've been quite surprised about um, and yeah uh, you know why should it just be beer yeah mm-hmm. cider I think certainly does does deserve you know it's, it's turn and I think it's certainly with you know happening now and will be in the next 12 months at least a lot to look forward to in 2022 then. It was good to hear a Big Drop and other low-alcohol beers getting a mention too, but it does sound like cider is following the beer trend to be in cans for easier drinking in smaller quantities with stylish artwork, sort of thing that, you know, hopefully getting a whole new demographic into cider. And one technique they mentioned that you might not have come across with cider is keeving. It's widely used in France. It's making a comeback in the UK. And it's a process where... The pulp is packed in barrels. I really feel that Matt should be talking about this because he knows so much more about cider <laughs> than I do, but I'll, I'll give it my best I'm shot. I'm not sure he does a lot of keeving with his cider. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, it's, it's where the, the pulp is packed in barrels for about 24 hours and it oxidises to a, a darker colour. It releases pectin into the juice and then that slows down the fermentation, leaving some natural sugars in the cider. That makes it sweeter, a lower ABV. And, and cider yeast will normally use up practically all the sugar, otherwise making it dry. And then it has to be manipulated to lower the ABV and raise the sweetness level. So keeving is all natural, and that's why it's gaining popularity here. I mean, I almost know as much as Matt does. I think it's. it's I, I, I was very impressed by that. I, I know that cider knowledge is in good hands of you, Claire. Leave uh, it. But keeving is interesting. I've, I've had quite a few keeved ciders uh, recently, and I, I really do think if we're talking about things that are future, it's got such potential to kind of be a transformative thing. Because as you quite say, it takes a lot of effort to lower the ABV of of cider and other drinks. You, know, you have to kind of get it up to a normal level and then manipulate it. Whereas this just naturally kind of spits out an incredible product that that just happens to 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 be using all the natural sweetness and um I'd, i've seen actually somebody making like a, a, a keep cider and um i was basically saying could i just steal some of the pectin and take it and put it into my <laughs> cider but apparently no there are no shortcuts like that oh, um really. so but i think it's um it's a wonderful way of making cider and makes some really wonderful um tastes as well now amazon has also given us this roundup of all the points raised in her two interview sessions so it's been fascinating uh, discussing and listening to four such interesting beer insider people talk about what they think the upcoming trends are. 
for my part, I'm delighted to see Milds uh, really coming back and wonderful craft brewers like Boxcar creating some really delicious uh, drinks. Also bitters as well, as we start to see craft brewers get excited some of the small new uh, microbreweries brewing bitters and making something truly delicious those malt driven beers i'm looking forward to seeing what can happen with those in the upcoming year i'm hoping to see more from kent cider as well hoping to see those kent cider makers growing even more into their own identity and finding their own voice people like turner's cider with their russet with their single variety russet ciders nightingales kentish pip and more i hope that people start to focus on what the opportunities are with cider drinking cider around that idea of minimum intervention some of these natural farmhouse ciders there's really nothing added wild yeasts uh, it's, it's just as pure as you can possibly think and i know a lot of younger people very focused on that and that hopefully could be something that will attract them into drinking real cider and perry I hope we see more from urban cider making. We've seen people like Duck Chicken making wonderful cider in an urban setting. And more excitingly, even perhaps we have the Orchard Project working with waste apples. It would be wonderful to think that people can really tune in to reducing waste and making great cider. We may even start to see orchards in cities and towns, which would be wonderful for so many reasons. As for that trend for rosé ciders so popular in the States, I'm looking forward to seeing where that's going too. For the discussion, we saw lager mentioned. The continuing development of lager, improving, making more and more interesting styles, as well as wild ferments, mixed ferments and co-ferments. Those old-fashioned styles really coming back into focus with experimental uh, work from breweries. We mentioned cider and beer hybrids. How wonderful in a discussion like that uh, to hear it, as well as no low and no trends. So brewers and cider makers making more interesting flavours with less alcohol. A few breweries got name checked. Echo, Donzoco, Nomadic, Chapter, Lakes and many more. I'll be looking uh, to try those. In the world of cider, there was some focus on Scotland with Caledonian and Dower getting mentioned, as well as Real cider from Flair making its way into the supermarkets and available to all, which would be great. Little Pomona, of course, in Herefordshire, their continuing experimentation and innovation, exciting bottles to try from them, and the journey of cider into cans to see if it can capture some more of that relaxed drinking market, and hopefully we'll see that growing as well. For me personally, I think it would be wonderful if what Julie spoke about around cask continues to be true. As people come back into pubs more and more in 2022, we'll see them reaching for a beautiful, wonderfully conditioned glass of cask ale. After all, it's one of our proudest things we serve in this country. And it was great during lockdown to read Pete Brown's book Craft, all about just how uh, we ought to be more and more proud of the wonderful and unique cast conditions beer we serve in this country. Whatever you have been inspired by, I hope that you will be looking for your own exciting trends in 2022. Cheers. <laughs> Now, we heard a bit about the popularity of craft lager there from some of our interviewees, but the very word used to be beyond the pale for real ale, folks. Now, we have unearthed an article from our archive dive of 1978 that is sounding the death knell for the pale fizzy stuff. 
It is indeed. And I don't know whether this is kind of wishful thinking on the part of the Watts Brewing editors at the time. They cite a, a falling market share of only 20% in the five years to 1978 compared to 34% before that for lager. Now, obviously, it's a, it's a dangerous thing to extrapolate past performance into the future. So it did turn out lager made a really strong comeback. Um, sorry, 1978, guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and actually reached the heady heights of 70% market share in the early 2000s. But now we've not only got a wonderful selection of veils and lots of drinks, we, we have craft lager, which I think even died in the wool beer drinkers might find acceptable i mean i have I've, had the, i've had the odd glass yeah but yeah you know. i mean i've, I've read a, wonder, a book about it from a, a mark mark dredge who's a, a guest on the show quite a few times you know there's a whole new movement now where i think i've always said that most ale producers are now are developing a craft lager offering or certainly a lot that i've seen and so so i think that that it's an interesting thing how things kind of come full circle in that and i what i love about the industry at the moment is that there's such variety in ales, such variety in ciders, but craft lager perhaps brings, revitalizes a drink that we've kind of demonized maybe for many <laughs> years and is now like um, a really interesting offering and has all of the history and different styles and, and variety of tastes um, that, that some of the best other drinks have too. But anyway, let us have our last, last orders of the year and Antony's final last orders ever. Now, I know it's only the start of December, but have any of you been tempted to maybe have an early taste of Christmas for our last orders with a winter ale, a mulled cider perhaps, cheeky mince pie? Where have we been? No, I, d- I did actually go down the pub just before coming in to record this and they didn't have any winter ales or mulled ciders or anything like that on. So I'm, I'm actually going to mention a beer that I had at uh, our local pub, the Wheat Chief, camera award-winning pub, uh, just at the weekend. And it's from the Salopian Brewery in Shropshire. It's called Golden Thread. It's won awards from Seba, um, their, their West and Wales champion previously. It's 5% ABV. It's it's bright, it's clean and crisp, slightly sweet, slightly fruity. Really enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a bit bit of a long way from this part of the, the, the world. So I don't know how often it'll be on at, uh, at our local, but I certainly hope they get it back sometime. Yeah, I can't say I've had a, a bona fide hop, um, Christmas ale, and there are so many to choose from, aren't there? You've got Adam and Shingle Shells, Brew York's Fairy Tale of Brew York. In fact, I had a Brew York Raspberry Pie the other day. That was quite an event. Um, but no, the beer that I've gone for is is kind of kind of got the name. It's, it's pretty much there. It's by Vocation Brewery, our friends up in uh, the north in Yorkshire, and this is their naughty and nice. See what I did there with the naughty and nice list. Their naughty and nice chocolate stout, and I'm drinking it right now. That's why I couldn't get my lines out before. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is that their their gorgeous, rich, dark, and really decadent chocolate stout. It's really bold. Matt and I were talking about it just before we hit the record button on this. It is absolutely gorgeous it's one that you can sip through quite pleasantly while you're recording a camera podcast and indeed beyond so yeah for me it's a naughty and nice chocolate stout what you got matt I'm just impressed you two are such professionals that you could be <laughs> drinking and still, you know, going into detail in the complex topics we have. But I didn't trust myself to do that. So I am I am instead, it had to be a cider, didn't it, for my last orders. Um, but I'm actually going for one that is only 0.5% because we're, we're talking about the trendsetters and obviously low alcohol 
side of things, I think, is a really interesting uh, trend following on from beer. Um, and it's got a slightly Christmassy name, so maybe it does sneak in, although I don't think it is based on a Christmas. It's Holly Go Lightly. Ah, uh, okay. A little half Christmassy, anyway, isn't it? There's lots of ones with different puns I nearly had, but it's um, uh, it's very delicious actually. Does it? You wouldn't see. It's not kind of got that kind of slightly thin taste you sometimes get with um, lower ABV things. It's absolutely lovely and a very worthy last last orders from me. Well, that's that's all lovely and positive to finish off the year. Nice to think that there are such exciting times in store for beer and cider drinkers. But it's still a bit sad because it's the last time, guys, that uh, that you'll be on the podcast. Oh. And I mean, you've been here since the, the beginning back in 2019. I'm a, I'm a relative newcomer. So I feel I should sort of do the thank you speech to you both and say on behalf of the whole podcast team, everyone at camera, everyone who knows you and all the listeners and, and, and everyone else, thank you both for everything. And I, I'm sure... You'll be in touch. I'm sure we'll hear you back in a cider special or... Yeah, once Matt reaches that heady heights of amateur home brewer, he'll be on as his, you know, the... the as the, the expert. Cider <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> no, it, could be a, it could be a while, yeah, but I'll, def- I'll definitely do the tweets. You know, I'll do some tweets for you all. Oh, but... we'll be harassing the Twitter feed. Of course we will. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. the given. And, and, and you know what? We've absolutely had a ball, haven't we, Matt? All I will say is... You're absolutely right, Claire. Matt and I have been here since day dot with camera. We we were doing some of the pilot episodes with Katie and those episodes should never be unarchived. So if you ever do decide to go into those archives <laughs> again with your future seasons, try and avoid, what was it, Matt, November 2009? <laughs> yeah, we... Probably avoid we, that kind of area. You know, <laughs> it takes here. a bit of practice, doesn't it, it turns out. It uh, <laughs> took us a little while to get going. But I mean, we have so many people to, to thank. I won't get too gushing. It's not an Oscar speech, but I do want to thank Katie for having the, for setting the podcast up in the first place and um, taking us on um, as volunteers. Um, Emma and Beth for keeping it going Sean for doing the socials oh, um, Sean, always, always giving us some great content there and, and everyone who's done script writing editing interviews anybody who's tweeted in anybody who's listened just just thank you all um, it has been a real pleasure and I and I, I really do hope that um, obviously the, the podcast continues to get stronger and stronger you're very welcome to still use my face on the illustrated logo if you want it's only a small <laughs> charge for my, uh, for my image rights um, but it does I've always thought it looked a little bit more like Jimmy Carr than me anyway and I have loved that um, I always thankful that they didn't put my beer belly in it and they made me look a bit trimmed so I've always thought that's a great illustration job so thank you I've always wondered what you know which way around people think we are at that pitch you know if they don't know us you know, who, who I should imagine that people have got us confused, but you know, it's it's quite defined. Yes, you have got Jimmy Carr on the logo, and then there's me, and, Kay- and Katie in the middle. <laughs> yes, Katie's still in the middle. Yes. Yeah. And uh, of course, if you'd like to be involved in the podcast, or even if you fancy being a host, then drop us an email. It's podcast at camera.org.uk. Or maybe you know somebody who's really keen to get into to podcasting and broadcasting. Then uh, it's the same email address, podcast at camera.org.uk. We're taking a break until 2022, but there'll be a new series in the new year. And we thought it might be quite nice, actually, to revisit some of our previous episodes or perhaps I should say the, the bit that you never get to hear, which is the bloopers tape. And, uh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me you've not done this to us. <laughs> so, uh, so that's how we're going to end this episode. Ho, ho, ho. Don't worry, Claire, Matt and Anthony. 
If you remember to send your Christmas beers to all the volunteers that work on the podcast, then there's nothing for you to worry about with the outtakes. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> well, serves you right then. Okay, we are live and recording. Please refrain from saying anything that you wouldn't want your grandma to hear. As the name suggests, it is, but there's a, mill, a miller's wheel oh. in the bottom of it. Whoa. There's the dog. <laughs> there yeah. it is. <laughs> okay, hang on, I'll just That's go and deal right. with it. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Shush. Yeah, I guess. Sorry, that was a terrible start for me. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, editor. <laughs> Here we go. Mm. That wasn't the line. That was me making a strange yeah. noise. Yeah. <laughs> That's strange Yorkshire noise. I, I love that. Eve, <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't noises I normally make. Uh, yeah, I guess. Sorry, that was a terrible start for me. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, editor. <laughs> Here we go. As the title of today's episode suggests, we will be talking about what our French cousins would describe as tarot. Ter- I don't even know if that's tarot. I believe. I don't know. Okay. I think it's terrain. 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 Okay. I'll start. I'll, I'll do the whole thing again. <laughs> <coughs> I've been waiting a cough for so long. <laughs> uh, and that is how you come out of an interview. <laughs> Sadly, we are coming to the end of the series. As Matt said, our next episode, episode nine, will be the last one. It's been very good. Hang uh, on. <laughs> it's been very good. I'm off now. <laughs> but HMRC, our mates over there, still have the last laugh because at the time the article was published in What's Brewing, then Chancellor Dennis Healy, another course mincer, had just added, <laughs> had just added VAT to homebrew products. Are you allowed to say that about Dennis Healy? Uh, if he's listening, he wouldn't mind. You know, me and Den, we'd never go back and never met the bloke, but uh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> just, forget, just, just, have a, just a quick one, chat. My thoughts and opinions yeah. are my own. Not not representative of camera or the podcast. <laughs> any any allegations about past chancellors of the exchequer are entirely unsigned. Do you think I should do the line again? Are we a bit um, worried about that? I'll do it again. I'll do it. Right, editor, I'm going to give you a clean line. You decide. It's in your. My fate is in your hands. <laughs> okay, take two. I thought it's hilarious though that people didn't even recognise their own cider. I mean, that's great, right? Yeah, but if you're having cider trials, let's hope that the cider gets off at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. That is true. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Sorry, I'm here all week. I can't, I can't. I'm to keep it together. This is no, why okay. we don't record at night time. No, it's learning and development. Or learning and learn and discover, rather. Let me do the line again because it's fun. <laughs> it's learning and discover, I'm not learning. It is learning and development, to be fair. That's what, yeah. That's what I know it has, but clearly yeah. camera don't call it that. Right. Indeedy. Now, this episode has been different. Oh, I just clapped in front of the mic, sorry. <laughs> so I just clapped right in front of the mic. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, I don't care what I said. <laughs> it's just the way you're saying it each time. It's just brilliant. I just want them just to, just to have that. <laughs> 
which sounds like the prequel to Kevin and Perry. Kevin oh, and Perry, I was literally going to say, it, it does sound like that. The origin story of the lesser of the two. How, how <laughs> Kathy Burke became a teenage boy. <laughs> I love that. Let, well, it might be that, or it might be... <laughs> it might be about <laughs> a drink, an alcoholic drink made out of pears. We don't know. You know, you just go on there. You Lucky dip for this one, guys. To find out what it is. So, so let's assume that it's about the study alcoholic drink made from pears. On our timeline available on the website, that's camera.org.uk and then beer and cider slash cider. Oh my God, don't read all of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the longest I've ever seen in my Tune life. Tune in at forward slash beer hyphen and hyphen cider. Go to the website and search for fucking cider. Forward slash. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll start this section <laughs> Right, okay. That's right, this is a Halloween special, everybody. So don't be afraid of all the ghoulish puns we're going to unleash. It's all going to be fun for the ghost. Ah, I've done it! <laughs> ah, dude, hang on. That's good, we've got to 30 seconds in with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Camera side of Monfis, still ongoing. October is sidey and per- sidey. Sidey. Next time we're heading to the northeast, to the massive. Northeast? Is it Manchester in the northwest? <laughs> sure that Manchester's in the northwest. Yeah, please. it's moved. Okay, let's start that again. <laughs> I will start speaking. We are season four, episode four, Halloween Horrors, live in session with Mr. Matt Bundy, Madam Claire Phillips and me, Anthea Rillo. We hope you enjoy the recording. Apologies for all the f**ks you're about to hear. And... <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Matt, you take it away. I'm in. I'm in. Here we go. We have unearthed an article from our archive, Dave, from Dave. Archive Dave. Dave, Archive Dave. These should be in the bloopers, though, you know, these are the things, though, we're going, too late. Oh. We, that's who the new podcast presenter could be, Archive Dave. Uh, uh, yeah, Dave. Archive Dave. Oh, my God. Right, here we go. Tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips. We have unearthed an article from our archive dive from 1978 that this sounding the death knell... No, oh, so close. So, so. <laughs> why can't I do this line? Right, I'm going to say it really fast just to piss everybody off. Right, here we you go. Do it. Do it. Just to quickly shit myself. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, so- <laughs> 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 Definitely can't say that. Sorry. No, I don't know you can say that. <laughs> I can't say that. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> Claire, save me. There we are then. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Well, there you have it. All I can say is I'm going to be hiding behind the sofa for the rest of the day. They are hilarious. We do hope you have a great rest of year, folks. Whatever you're doing, whoever you're spending it with, all the very best for Christmas and beyond. From the three of us, for the very last time, it's a big, fat cheers. 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 <laughs> You'll never get that right, Matt. Never get it, ever. I'm like, it's I'm like you're fired. I'm never, ever. I've got it right. <laughs> okay,
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How does a free case of beer sound? Yes, you can grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer52 by going to www beer52.com forward slash people that's the numbers 52 in the 52 and covering the meagre postage cost of £5.95 and what's more as a special offer for our listeners they'll throw in two extra beers for free so that's 10 unique craft beers Beer 52 is actually the biggest beer club in the world each month they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world and this month it's an absolute belter Their great European road trip case takes in the best beers from across the continent. So try a crisp, refreshing Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a monster 7.5 double IPA from Sweden's Derges Brewery. On the dark side this month, there's a smooth stout from Copenhagen's Tool. There's also beer from Croatia, Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria, among others. And if dark beer's not your thing, you can choose the light-only case. Also included is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. And even if, after all that, you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. So head over to www.beer52, that's the numbers 5 and 2, dot com forward slash people to claim your free case of 10 beers now. <laughs> 